Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. We're glad all of our guests are here with us. Lord bless you. God bless. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, there's a lot of things in life that must be intentional for us to see it happen. And that's what I'm going to be preaching to you today about is it must be intentional. Amen. I think we need to turn the monitors down just a shade on my mic. Just a shade. We're uh, trying a new thing here. Now it's off, and I don't have any monitor. Um, give me a little bit. Amen. Maybe with our PA system, it's all or nothing. <laughs> and maybe there's a message there in living for God. It's all or nothing. Amen. Amen. Can you hear me out there? Praise God. The scripture I'm going to read uh, kind of follows up with Sister Lonnie's teaching here, uh, here in the last uh, uh, few times she's taught. And uh, uh, we want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday nights and uh, hear the teaching of the word. And also Sunday morning, Sister Burke taught uh, this morning and she um, was taking some of my message today. Seems like that happens quite often, but that's a good thing. That just means we're in tune together. Praise God. But 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. But I want you to also look at that, uh, those two words, give diligence. Give diligence. Uh, that's important. So I'm preaching to you today on the subject, it must be intentional. And there are a lot of things intentional in our life. If we're ever going to see it happen, it's got to be intentional. Amen. Turn around, shake hands with a few people here, and you may be seated. It must be intentional. Before we go into the word, uh, I do have a prayer request I would like for us to pray uh, today concerning because uh, uh, we, we were able to be last week in, or the week before in uh, Troy, Michigan with Brother and Sister Walker and uh, we had a great service there. They asked us to preach that service and they have a tremendous church of prayer warriors and they are praying and worshiping people. So today they, they're, they're moving into a remodeling program and they're presenting that to the church. But I would like for us to pray, and I told them I'm praying a covering over them. And I believe that God's going to supply the need uh, that they have financially. So I'd like for us to pray for them today that 
as they present this, that that is just a part of a seed offering that's going forth for their church. And through that seed offering, which we have seen that so many times, we offer a seed offering and God comes through and makes up the difference of what we can't do. So I'd like for us to pray for the for Faith Apostolic Church in Troy, Michigan today. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray a covering over this church. I realize that they are an hour before us. And God, they're probably uh, closing out their service, but I pray that you will pour out a deep move of your spirit upon them. Let them feel that ministering of your spirit. There is a miracle God for them as they are in the hands of a miracle working God and a God of provision you are faithful and you're there for them. I pray that you will take care of your church today and let them see that miracle come forth and the miracle of the word and faith and the word of the Lord come forth today. Bless them today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we pray for other churches. We pray for other pastors because we're all in this thing together the body of Christ around the world, and thank the Lord for that. It must be intentional. There's a lot of things in life that uh, come because it's intentional. Uh, I believe that uh, a lot of people that want to, um, want to be successful in life, it doesn't just come by us backing up, sitting in a chair, wait for it to come to us. It doesn't come in that manner. It comes to us because we're intentional. First of all, I really believe as a child of God, we need to pray. We need to ask God's direction. And when we hear God giving us the direction, we pursue it and we make it intentional to pursue what God has for us. And as we pursue that, uh, you know, really it's anything in life too, but uh, you know, uh, I've seen people that, uh, you know, I, I don't think doctors just become a doctor just because they sat back and waited for it to come to them. I believe that they, uh, it, it came to them because they began to pursue it. Uh, other trades, other things in life, I believe that in, in America we do have the opportunity to do great things. We have rights, we have liberty, we have freedom, and we have the opportunity to do great things as we pursue it, but it doesn't come through just sitting back and allowing it to just come our way. We've got to seek it and pursue it, but it's intentional. It is always intentional if something is going to happen, uh, but it's the same thing with God. Uh, I believe that God gives us the promise, and he's also given us each and every one the promise of heaven. Yes. It's a promise unto us. God has offered it to us, he's given it to us, and we can have it if we are intentional of following that promise. Amen? Amen. Uh, intentional means actions by design. Uh, it is actions that are planned, and we put action to our words. We can say a lot of things, and we can think a lot of things, but we put actions to our words. Matter of fact, a lot of people are saying, even in the religious world, that, uh, that salvation is by faith. And yes, it is, because that's the word of God. But it also says that faith without works is dead. Uh, I don't know how, and I'm not trying to 
debate anything at this point, but just trying to prove a point. But I, there's no way that you can uh, have faith in God uh, with, and, and, and receive salvation without bringing forth an action to that. If you believe, you begin to act upon that. Uh, I believe because, and, and people that pray and repent, actually they're believing that God will forgive them, but they are putting action to that because, uh, uh, because repentance is an action. I, I, I ask God to forgive me, so it's an action. When I'm baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I believe that he will wash away my sins, but it's also putting an action uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm putting an action to my faith. And uh, when I receive the Holy Ghost, I believe that the promise of the book of Acts, chapter 2, that the, whatever happened to those on the day of Pentecost, I know without a doubt that that promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So it's to me also. So I believe in the word of God, what God has given me. But I also believe that the Bible says that the promises of God to all of us is the promise that we can go to heaven. Now I know that in my walk with the Lord and, and ministering to people, reaching out to people, it is a it is, a, it is an action to all of us that we love people. We, I, I don't want to see anybody uh, not make it to heaven. I, I don't want to see anybody. I, I pray that everybody will be able to go to heaven, but I do understand that there are some intentional things that we must do to be able to get to heaven. We, we need to have faith, but we need to walk in that faith and put some obedience in that faith and I know that promise will come to pass, but I pray that everybody would make it to heaven. But it's an intentional thing. So the question here today, I know the question that I asked earlier, do you want to go to heaven? And I, I, I think all of us have said yes. I mean, is there anybody here today that said no? Nobody? I figured so. I don't know of anybody that would not want to go to heaven, but yet that would want to go to the other place of hell. I, I don't know of anybody that would want to do that. But the next question is, how serious are you about going to heaven? How serious are you about going to that place that God has prepared for us? Because if we're serious about it, and we really want to go then we're going to put some actions to it and we're, it's going to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. It's an intentional thing. It, and, and this is staggering when I bring these facts to you from a Gallup poll. But now this was back in 1991. A Gallup poll, uh, they galloped and showed uh, in America, uh, and I'm sure that it's probably changed from these, these uh, percentages even today, but in 1991, a Gallup poll showed that 78% of Americans expect to go to heaven when they die. 78% in 1991. However, many of them hardly ever pray. Many of them hardly ever read the Bible. They hardly ever attend church. And they admit that they live to please themselves instead of God. I wonder why these people would want to go to heaven if it's not intentional. 
I, I know the thought here is we want to go to heaven because we want to go to a place that is glorious and it's happy and peaceful and not the, the opposite place. And in an article titled, Are We Ready for Heaven? Maurice R. Irwin points out that only 34% of American people who call themselves Christians attend church at least once a week. 34%. He says, we sing when all my labors and trials are o'er and I'm safe on the, that beautiful shore just to be near the Lord I adore will through the ages be glory for me as the songs are being sung. However, unless our attitudes toward the Lord and our appreciation of Him change greatly, it says in this article, heaven may be more of a shock than a glory. You see, we want to go to heaven. We want to be in that place for eternity, but it takes an intentional effort and obedience to the word of God to go to heaven. Amen? But the, there is an alternative to heaven. It is a real hell. Doesn't talk, it's not talked about a whole lot. We like to talk about heaven. But there is, uh, in the word of God, it talks about that there is a hell. Now I'm thinking in these terms, of, uh, in, in a different term uh, than a lot of people might think about this. Uh, you know, we hate our most miserable day. I know every one of us have had a miserable day. I, I, I ask the question, how many have had a miserable day and maybe two or three together? Raise your hand. We all have had a miserable, that's just life. We've all had a miserable day at points and I, I've had times where things were going crazy and, and going wild and it seems like it was one after another, after another, after another and I'm thinking, God, have you forsaken me? Where are you? And I pray, God. But, but I, as a church body, let me tell you something. This is the thinking that our church, that, that, we've, that we've been through battles, we've been through wars, we've been through struggles, we've been through storms that's totally taken the roof off of our building, the old building, we're here now. But, but we have got a concept in faith now that, uh, uh, that we know when struggle and storms come, something great is getting ready to happen. That's just the way God has conditioned us. Because we've been down some roads, we've seen some struggle, we've seen some storms, we've seen some battles but then we also see great things come out of that. So what I want to say here for just a moment, when you go through a storm and a battle and a struggle in your life, I want you to just give a smile and say that, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I know God's up to something, and something good is getting ready to happen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Something good is getting ready to happen, but there is an alternative to heaven that we don't want to go to. What, what about eternity uh, in a more miserable day than the worst day we've ever had? I can think of all kinds of things that have happened in my life that, you know, that have brought struggles after struggles. You know, like, like one time the dog got uh, uh, sprayed by a skunk and walked in the house and puked on the carpet. I'm thinking, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and I had just been reading about uh, you know, skunks in, 
and it can mess up everything in your house. You have to throw away your clothes, everything. But first, and some of you know about this, but uh, you know, the dog, he came in and, and, and puked in the floor. Uh, we didn't realize it was sprayed in the, in the mouth and got sick and came in and literally threw up by my chair in the, on the carpet and it was stinking to high heaven and I ran downstairs, grabbed a utility knife and I cut the hole in the carpet and threw it out the door. And my wife said, what in the world are you doing? I said, I'm saving our house. Hey, she got a new floor out of it anyway. We, but for a while we sat there at my chair and there was a big hole in the carpet right there by my chair. Or, and then it might be that and then it, the cat might get run over by a car. And I haven't had a cat run over by a car, but things happen and the car breaks down and, and the, the battery needs to be replaced or the brakes are messed up and this is going on and everything you do seems to go wrong. I, I just, everything I touch, it seems it just breaks and it just messes up and everything tends to go wrong. It's just one after another. I'm talking about things for for, uh, you know, for our lives, we, we've all dealt with that. The boss doesn't like you, so he's on you every day. You get up and go to work, and he's, he just, you just feel like he doesn't like you. And, and then, uh, this is for me, maybe not for you, you, you decide you want to eat some cereal before bed, and you walk over to the refrigerator, and the milk is outdated. That's a miserable day. Now, it's not my wife's fault because she doesn't drink milk. It's my fault for letting it go outdated. And I, my, I don't know, I, I need to get out of this mental thinking because sometimes my thinking is that I've got to keep drinking that milk or if I don't keep drinking that milk, it's going to be outdated. So I, that's the reason why I just keep putting on more weight all the time. Bad days, bad days. The garden doesn't produce when you put all the hard work in it. Pressure of life when you get out of bed in the morning. You know, all these things begin to add up happening in one day or two days or three days and it just keeps coming and it keeps coming. And we've all been there. We don't like living in those days. I, you know, I, I've always heard the thought, you know, why don't you go back to bed and get up again and maybe it'll be different. That doesn't work. Went to bed, got up, and the same things were happening the next day. Why they happened, I don't know. It's just one thing after another. But, but uh, the thing about it is, uh, the, just, just think about this. One miserable day, or two miserable days, or three miserable days on this earth, we look at it like we don't ever want to go through that ever again. You know what I'm talking about? I don't ever want to go through that again. You know, if I'm going to have a problem, maybe just give me one and I can get through that. But when you pile all of this on me at once, that's a miserable, miserable day. But think about this. The alternative to heaven is hell. And hell is not just one day. It's not just two days. It's not just three days. It's not a week. It's not a month. But it is an eternity of miserable days. If you don't like miserable days on this earth, trust me, you need to give an intentional thought 
to making it to heaven because you don't want to have a miserable eternity every day for the rest of existence of mankind. Eternity never stops. It keeps going and going and going and going on. And if we can't handle a miserable day or two days or a week or a month in our lives, we can't handle eternity in misery. The Bible says it's a lake of fire, but trust me, you want to go to heaven. Trust me, you want to go to heaven and feel the peace. You want to go to heaven and feel the joy. You want to go to heaven and feel the happiness and the peace and love and strength of of the Lord. It was C.S. Lewis that said these words, "If If I find myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy... If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. That I was made for another world. There is something that, you know, there's a lot of beautiful things in this earth, a lot of beautiful things God's created. And I think sin and mankind have have kind of messed it up and brought forth miserable things at times. But it is a joy to live for God even upon this earth. But yet when we consider that the things that God has prepared for those that love Him, there are things beyond our imagination that God has created for those that love Him. But yet many times we're looking for other things and we're trying to think that I can do it my own way. My own way. There's an old legend of a swan and a crane, a beautiful swan alighted by the banks of the water in which a crane was wading about seeking snails. For a few moments, the crane viewed the swan in wonder and then inquired, where do you come from? And the swan said, I come from heaven. Crane said, where is heaven? Heaven, said the swan, heaven. I Have you never heard of heaven? And the beautiful bird went on to describe the grandeur of the eternal city. She told of streets of gold and gates of walls made of precious stones, of the river of life pure as crystal, upon whose banks is the tree whose leaves shall be for the healing of the nations. In eloquent terms, the swan sought to describe the host who live in the other world, but without arousing the slightest interest on the part of the crane. Finally, the crane asked, are there any snails there? Snails, repeated the swan. No, of course, there are not snails there. Then said the crane, as he continued his search along the slimy banks of the pool, "You, you can have your heaven. I want snails. And the thing about the story here is there's a lot of truth there, but there's a lot of times people are just looking for something else that is really not the most greatest blessing of their life. And that is what God has prepared for us. We're looking for things on this earth. We're we're looking for pleasures on this earth. And when that's gone, we're just thinking those are the best things that we can have. That was the greatest desire of of the crane at that time. But yet... What the swan was trying to tell him was there's greater things for you than just the snails of this earth. And I say here today that there's greater things for all of us than just what this earth can give us. 
Thank the Lord for the blessings of this earth and the, the blessings of nature and the beauty of what He's created. I, I thank the Lord for that. But there is so much more that God has for us. But do you really want to go there? It's got to be intentional. It's, it's got to be a, a, a charted design course that we're following in God's plan. And a pastor's greatest desire is to see all of us go to heaven. But let me go beyond that. God's even greater desire is for us to go to heaven. He desires for us to be in those heavenly places, not just on streets of gold or mansions or crystal sea, but to be with Him because He loves us that much. But to make it to heaven, living in this present world will take an intentional effort. It doesn't just happen without an effort. It doesn't just fall in our laps without an effort. But do we really want to go there? Do we really want to go there? There's times in our walk with God that we get weak in God. I say to us today, if you really want to go to heaven, you got to get yourself back where you need to be and continually walking with God because God, more than my desire as a pastor for this church, my desire is great to see everybody go to heaven, but you know, God's desire and His design is even greater. He has an intentional plan, but He's wanting us to be intentional with our plan to go to heaven. It doesn't just happen. And following along in what Sister Lonnie was teaching in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and it goes on down the list. It's intentional because it says giving all diligence. You know what give diligence means? Earnestness in accomplishing, promoting, striving after anything. It doesn't just fall upon our laps. It is something that we got to give diligence to. I've got to get there. i got to do whatever it takes to get there. If you could ever get a, a vision of heaven and then a vision of hell, then there would be no doubt in our hearts and in our minds that we would do everything diligently to make sure that we make it to heaven. I've got to be there. I've got to be at that place where there's victory and there's deliverance. No more tears, no more sadness, no more death, no more heartache, no more pain. I've got to get there. In 2 Peter 1 and 10, it also talks about this, that wherefore the rather brethren give diligence. There it is again. Give diligence to making your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. <laughs> never fall means you're going to make it if you're diligently pursuing God and His plan and His way. Give diligence unto the Lord. You see, giving diligence uh, interests 
oneself most earnestly. I've got to get there. I must make it every action, every decision, every desire in my heart. I've got to do everything that I've got to do to get to heaven. I've got to find that place. I've got to be with the Lord. I've got to find that place. And it all comes through relationship. If your relationship is faltering with God, you've got to find it again. You've got to get back there again. It's not just going to happen. It's got to come through God's plan. His plan is intentional. And God wants us to be intentional. Many people think God, is he's just okay. He's okay with my sin. He's okay. He'll deal with it. No. No. You're doing it your own way. But he made a plan, an intentional plan, that if we ask him to forgive us, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He knew that we're not perfect. He knew that we're going to fall and uh, flat on our face at times. I'm not talking about the, the end results of, of not making it, but he knows we're going to fall on our face. But he's saying to us, we've got to be intentional. We've got to get back up. We've got to be determined. We've got to get our heart and mind in that place where I'm not going to let heaven be lost. I'm not going to, let, I'm not going to miss heaven for the world. I've got to be intentional. But the question... Will it take our way or God's way to reach heaven? Our way? What is our way? Our way is the flesh, what pleases us. Our way? Our way is not the word of God way. But God laid out a perfect, intentional plan for us to receive the promise of God through his word the Bible says you should love not the world. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Intentional. Intentional. God's intentional. We need to be intentional. We need to be intentional on our walk with the Lord. I've got to do whatever it takes to make it to heaven. I've got to be prepared for it. I've got to be ready. And you see, we live in a world where there's a lot of obstacles and there's a lot of battles and a lot of struggles. Matter of fact, in the book of 2 Peter, Chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, it talks about Lot and his family. You know the story of Lot. Somehow he ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened for sure. It was an evil city. A lot of ungodly things and sin there. But the Bible says... In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. It was an example of what God was wanting to put out of people's lives the evil and the sinful things. And it goes on in verse 7 and says, and delivered just Lot, meaning he was a Righteous man. 
But notice here in the scripture, it says he was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked every day. And it goes on, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He was vexed. He was feeling the same things that we feel right now. Do you like to hear about murder? Someone that is innocent and someone takes their life? Do you like to hear about teenagers dying of drugs, even in our county here and in our country? I don't think anybody likes to hear that. Innocent, innocent people that get caught up in the struggles of life. Do we like to hear about the struggles of of our world and war and people's lives that are innocent being displaced and people being killed and their homes destroyed? No, we don't like to hear that. Do we like to hear the, the, the evil that is coming out of people that are standing against the word of God and, and saying this book is, is a bad book. It's telling us things that, that, that we don't need to hear and we don't need to teach. There is a push in our world to try to do away with the word of God and try to condemn the church. But what they're not thinking is they're trying to condemn the, the intentional plan of God to help us find our way to heaven, the roadmap to make it to heaven. We, we get vexed. We get vexed at times here in the news. We get vexed at hearing all of these things that people are saying, trying to condemn what is good. And the Bible said, and I've thought about this many times when I was younger, how is it going to happen where they say that good is bad and bad is good? How is that ever going to happen? But it's happening today. And we hear the conversations of sin. And we hear the conversations of unrighteousness. And we hear the struggle of evil, which is to destroy people's lives. It's the same thing that Lot experienced in Sodom and Gomorrah. But the Lord delivered Lot. He was vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Doesn't that sound like today? Sounds like today. (laughs) It was a constant chipping away at their heart. A constant chipping away at their mind. It was a constant chipping away at their soul of all the conversations and all the actions of sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, I would say that a lot, of our, a lot of our world today is just a lot like Sodom and Gomorrah. We hear these things, we, and to the flesh and to those that are, that are living for just to please self and, and to please the flesh, it a lot of times doesn't even affect them because they live for the flesh and they live for sin, but to the child of God... It affects us, it vexes us, vex our soul, vex our mind, vex our heart. But there is a God that has intentionally made a way of escape. He judged the world in Noah's day. It even says it in the book of 2 Peter. 
the scriptures before talking about Lot, it says that they, they, you know, they were destroyed by a flood, but yet God made a way of escape. The Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> in Lot's day, he, he was in a city that was very evil. But the Bible even says, verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing every day, every day, every day, this constant barrage of vexing of their soul and his mind and his heart. Problem is, it did affect Lot's wife even more so because she allowed it intentionally to affect her. Evidently, she had a love for these things. It affected her. She was not as intentional of making sure that she was right with God. 2 Peter 2, 19, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. There is, a, there is an attack against the mind, the heart, and soul to tell you that if you sin, you're going to be liberated. Your flesh is going to be liberated. Your life is going to be liberated. The Bible says they'll tell you you can have liberty. The world can tell you you can have liberty, but they themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought into bondage. Where are you and I with this constant world influence? Where are we? Where do we stand? Are we intentional enough? Yeah, we want to go to heaven, but are we intentional enough to do what it takes to make it to heaven? Not doing it our way, but doing it God's way. God's way. You see, Lot, deliver, Lot and his family were delivered out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Fire and brimstone came down, but something happened to Lot's wife's heart. She was affected by this constant barrage of evil and vexing of our, her soul, Lot and his, his family were able to overcome that, but his wife allowed this barrage of vexing attack her, and her heart became affect, affected, infected by the everyday worldly sinful influences and when they were running away from the city, they were told, don't look back. As the fire and brimstone came down, and I'm sure the curiosity of the destruction. A lot of people are curious about fire and brimstone and destruction. But I think it was more than that. It was her heart that was still in the city. And she turned around and became a pillar of salt. What was tough was Lot and his daughters couldn't stop there. They had to keep on going because they had an intentional desire to be delivered from this destruction. We have got to have an intentional desire to be delivered from the destruction of the end time judgment. Some might say, oh, this is just a fairy tale. We'll find out when we get there. But this is what the Bible says. But God's desire, more than anybody else, 
more than our desire, more than your desire, more than anybody's desire, is for all of us to go to heaven. Because he prepared it for us. A place that is so beautiful. A place that is beyond our imagination. You see, there is a God that has an intentional design for us to make it to heaven. 2 Peter 2 and 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to preserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God knows how to deal with the godly. He knows how to deal with the ungodly. But his desire is not for anybody to be destroyed, but for everyone to come to repentance. And not just have life, but have it more abundantly. We must do our part in giving diligence. And in the book of Jude, in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 20 through 25, tells us what we must do. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. That's intentional. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If it's been a while since you prayed in the Holy Ghost, you got to get intentional about this. I got to go to heaven. I've got to be there. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto them that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. We need to get caught away intentionally in the Holy Ghost. We need to get caught away intentionally in the Word of God. We need to get caught away building up our faith in the Lord. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. And it doesn't just stop there. It's not just all about us. (laughs) It's also about an others saved with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. It's all about not just us. But it's also about reaching out intentionally to others. Because we don't want to see anybody not make it. To heaven. I don't know of anybody that I know that maybe has treated me very bad, very wrong. I don't know of anybody that I would ever want them not to make it to heaven. Maybe to the worst enemy of your life, you don't ever want to see them go to heaven or not go to heaven. You don't want to ever see them go to a lake of fire of judgment for eternity. In comparison of the worst day that we've ever had, can you imagine it going on and on and on for eternity? But the judgment of the lake of fire is so much worse than the worst day you've ever had on this earth. I don't want anybody to go to to hell. 
But God doesn't either. <laughs> he wants us to go to heaven. There is a place. A place with peace. <laughs> there is a place with joy. There is a place with happiness. There's a place with no more tears or crying. There's a place with uh, no more death. There's a place there's no more heartache, no more pain, no more struggle. And I'm not just talking about a place called heaven for just one day. I'm talking about a place for eternity. Every day. Things don't go wrong. Every day, things are right. Every day, peace. Every day, joy. Every day, happiness. Every day, the greatest victories of your life. I'm talking about heaven. And whatever you've got to do to see yourself making it to heaven, you've got to make it intentional. I've got to find myself in the house of God. I've got to find myself praying in the Holy Ghost. I've got to find myself walking in the Spirit of the Lord. I've got to find myself living the Word. God doesn't ask for much. But whatever we've got to do to make it to heaven, we've got to make it intentional. As we stand here today, God's calling. God's calling. There's something God has prepared for us, everyone in this building here today. But we've got to do it His way. We've got to follow His way. We've got to repent. We've got to be washed away our sins in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ. We've got to receive the power of the Holy Ghost in our life and resurrecting power. We've got to be intentional in our walk with God. And we've got to keep it fresh. We've got to keep it alive. We've got to keep it real. Huh. I'm talking about heaven. A place that you don't want to miss. But God has opened up the door for us today to make our way to find Him. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? In the name of Jesus. I'm going to open these altars today for us to come and pray. Seek God. I want us to cry out to him today because he has a beautiful place prepared for you and me. It's intentional. God, I'm going to be intentional in my prayer. I'm going to be intentional in my faith. I'm going to be intentional in my desire to go. How bad do we want it? Our altars are open. If you want to pray up here or pray at your pew, that's fine. Cry out to God today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.